last week um, on the, cam- the campus of Florida State University experienced something that made headlines across the nation. I don't know how many of you understand this, but Florida State University is slated as the number two party school in the country. Uh, On their campus, they have a fountain that is part of the landmark of the campus. And in that fountain, and at that fountain, they often have incredible parties and and get togethers. But last week, 4,500 students came out of their dormitories onto the lawn and around the fountain. And for hours, they were singing praises to Jesus, confessing sins, and hundreds upon hundreds were calling on the name of the Lord, and 400 students were saved for the first time. And in the fountain that is a centerpiece for the partying going on on the campus, 300 students crawled into the fountain and were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sin and declared they were born again. This was just an incredible move of the presence of God. I said it a moment ago, when God moves, when his presence becomes palatable almost, manifesting upon a people, things begin to change. You, the song a moment ago said, it changes what we see and what we seek after. Things change when the presence of God begins to move. Last Sunday night, I told you 180 people showed up on the Bollinger County campus. We hadn't even really done much marketing yet. I think the next one will be much larger because it follows our Easter outreach. But 180 already showed up and and you saw some of the, in the pictures a while ago in the video of people just worshiping the Lord as the spirit of God. And listen, I want to tell it, I want to say this out front. Our volunteers at that event absolutely Killed it. They, the, the youth tell me they slayed it. Whatever that means. So let's give it up for all the volunteers. Amen. Absolutely incredible. (laughs) Did that for you, Stephanie. Here we go. Here's what one uh, person wrote on social media after the Florida state event. They said, what a powerful God we serve. Prayer precedes a move of God and God heard our prayers. And I want you to listen to this line. She writes, I'm in all of God. And I pray over these 21 days of prayer and fasting that you allow yourself to get alone with God. Listen to me. You get alone with God, meditate on some scripture and get quiet and listen to the voice of the spirit of the Lord and allow yourself to once again, get caught up in the all of God. If you don't allow yourself to get caught up in the all of God and you just go without food, you blew your fast. I want you to understand the power of his presence. I want you to learn to hear his voice and get alone with God. In fact, when you come to Acts chapter two, as you know, we're preaching through Acts and we've been in verse 42 for the last few weeks. They devoted themselves to uh, the word of God, the family of God and to prayer and fasting. We've read that, we've studied that. I want you today to look real quickly at verse 43. Look at verse 43. Verse 43 says this, because they were devoted to the word, because they were devoted to uh, the fellowship, because they were in prayer and fasting, I believe prayer and fasting is the key here. Because they got close with God, they got intimate with God. Look at verse 43, read it with me. What's that first word there, everyone? 
Everyone. See, I already gave you the answer in my question. Did you catch that? Look at your neighbor and tell him our preacher helps us. I always want you to have the answer. Here we go. Everyone was filled with awe. And then I want you to notice what happened. What happens when God's people are filled with the all of God? God moves in response to this. Watch this. And many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. I want you to know they weren't in awe because of the signs and wonders. The signs and wonders were following the awe. Did you catch it? Don't miss it. They were already caught up in the awe of God. Why shouldn't they be? Here are men and women, 120 of them, who were in an upper room, and, and here's what they were in awe of. They were in awe of the fact that God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, born of a virgin. And it actually happened. And I mean, that's enough right there to be like, this is pretty cool. Look at what God did. He, he allowed his son to come born of a virgin, but it didn't stop there. It didn't end there. Then he lived a sinless life. Wait a minute. You're talking about God. He's sinless. Yeah, he's sinless. And not only that, then he chose them to come be his disciples. A God who could send a son, born of a virgin, live a sinless life, then handpick them to come follow him. I want you to capture how amazing this is. And then I want you to think about yourself because here's what Jesus said in John 15. You didn't choose me, I chose you. And sometimes we get the bad theology of thinking, yeah, I chose to serve the Lord. No, wait a minute, let me tell you something. He chose you before you chose him. He loved you first. In fact, John 6, says, no one can even come to the Father unless the Father draws them. I don't know, I don't, listen, I know it's deep and, and, and there's all kinds of theological perspectives on this. I just need you to know, he loved you so much that before you loved him, he already loved you and chose you to come be a part of it. How many say, thank you, Lord, for that? They're in all of this. And then, and then, and then they watch Jesus die on a cross for their sins, not his own, because he had none. And then they watched him buried. They saw the stone rolled in front of the tomb. They saw the guards. They ran for their lives. Three days later, women came into the room and said, he's not there anymore. He's risen from the dead and we saw him. And then, watch this. Jesus walked into the room and he didn't use the door. How could you not be in awe of this God? And then he did something after a 10-day prayer meeting. They watched him ascend in the clouds to heaven, went into a prayer meeting for 10 days, and then they were empowered by the same Holy Spirit Jesus had. And then Jesus called and chose them one more time, and this time not just unto salvation, but to go be his witnesses in the world. And they were beside themselves. No wonder they were devoted to the word. No wonder they were devoted to one another. No wonder they were praying and fasting because they were caught up in the all of God. I want us to be caught up in the all of God because I want you to understand something. Everything Jesus did for those original disciples, he did every bit of that just for you as well. He came, he died, he rose again, he chose you, he sent his Holy Spirit for you and he has called us to go be his witnesses in this world, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we're pretty special in his eyes. Come on online campus and we need not forget who we are in Christ. 
Here's something I want you to capture. This word all literally means, and we'll put the definition for you, they were caught in amazement of God. They were also caught in the fear of God. I mean, come on. I mean, what are you going to do a God like this? You bow before him. They respected him. They were in reverence of him. They adored him. They were caught up in wonder and mystery. All of these emotions wrapped up at once. Moses tried to describe him in Deuteronomy chapter 10, 17. And the only way Moses could describe him is, is the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. I mean, there's no one that can compare to him. Amen? He is great. He is mighty. He is all-inspiring. And he shows no partiality and takes no bribe. He's a God of integrity. And I, wanna, I want you to capture this. I want you to write this down. We should be caught up with God, caught in all of God because of who he is, more of who God is and less of what we feel. Because how many know your emotions are gonna go up and down? You're gonna have highs and lows in your life and in your faith. And you can't wait until you feel the goosebumps to be caught up in the all of God. You need to get caught up not in what God can do, but in who God is. And if you get caught up in who God is, it'll change what you see God do. The signs and wonders doesn't follow, it doesn't come before the all, it comes after. They were just caught up with who God is. And listen, there's a pattern here that I wanna show you in the scripture and I want, you to, I want you to get this and understand this. It's a, it's a cycle almost. And the first thing is this, is that when you and I allow ourselves to get caught up in the all of God, it's gonna fuel our fire. It's gonna inspire us to go in his name. That's what happened to these early disciples. They're so caught up in the all of God after the day of Pentecost and that God would choose them and, serve, and he, they could serve him. And he gave them gifts and empowerment to go and be in his name that they just went. They prayed over the sick. They stood before political and religious leaders and proclaimed the name of Jesus. They cared for each other. They sacrificed. They gave of their possessions. They made sure everyone was taken care of. They started new works. They went where no one has heard the gospel and they preached the gospel. They were involved. They got busy. And you've got to understand the reason they were going is because they were caught up in the all of God. How many of you today can say, I'm caught up with who God is. I'm just amazed and I hold him in wonder. If you hold him in wonder, it'll fuel you to go. It'll fuel some of you to join the church. Some of you to start trying and testing God with your tithe or your offerings or even mad offering this year. For some of you to get involved on a serve team or join a small group or get involved in our ministry down in Bollinger County. It'll just lead you to get involved. And here's what I want you to understand. There's a second piece of this that when you're caught up with the all of our awesome God and you're like, man, I just gotta serve him and you step out and begin to serve him, watch this, watch this, watch this, write this down. God will bless in your going. Here's what God will do. God will move in response to your obedience. You see, when the disciples got caught up in the all of God, signs and wonders started happening. God just waits sometimes for us to take the first step and you take your first step and say, I'm gonna get involved and I'm gonna make a commitment. And all of a sudden, God just begins to put this, the will into motion and he does through us what we could never do by ourselves. 
That's how Jesus gets the glory in your life and in our church, and none of us get the glory. Charles Stanley said it like this, obedience unlocks miracles. We see this in the Old Testament in the, the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter three, the children of Israel have come out of Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land, and there's a river standing between them and their promise. And they don't know how to overcome this river. Look with me on the screen at Joshua chapter three. Now the Jordan overflows its bank throughout the harvest season. Somebody shout, it's flooded. But as soon as the priest carrying the ark reached the Jordan, I want you all to read the next line with me. Online campus, come on, you join us too. Ready? Their feet touched the water at its edge. What happens? What happens? What happens? And the water flowing downstream stood still rising up in a mass that extended as far as, say the next word, Adam, a city next to Zarethan, the water flowing downstream, where did, it, where did it stop all the way down to the Sea of Arabah? The Dead Sea was completely cut off and the people crossed opposite Jordan. You ready for this? God waited for the priests to put their feet in the floody waters. And the moment they took a step of faith, listen, when you move in the presence of God and in the all of God, you may sometimes have to overcome your fear and intimidations and your doubts. But when you overcome the fear and the intimidation and you put your feet in the water, that's when God stopped the river from flowing and he backed it up and they crossed on dry ground. Somebody ought to give him a praise. I'm telling you, God moves in response to obedience. Now, I don't have time to get into this, but man, do I want to. Let me just give you a little insight here. The name Jordan actually means judgment. And there's a picture God did in this actual moment to symbolize what he does for you when you put your faith in Jesus. And when the priests were holding the Ark of the Covenant, put their feet of faith into the river of judgment, how far, where does the Bible clearly tell you that the judgment dried up? All the way back to Adam and all the way down to death. And I'm telling you, when you come in faith in Jesus Christ, the judgment of God is backed up all the way to the original sin of Adam and all the way through death. You are secured in the salvation that Jesus paid for. It's not by your works. It is by grace. And that deserves like Jesus getting like a big thank you. <laughs> Amen. I didn't have time to go into that, but I had to. Here we go. Watch this cycle. You get caught up in the all of God and you go in his name. God then will take and bless your, and will move in response to your obedience. He'll do what only he can do. Number three, watch this. That then creates a moment where God creates more all. It's like, I'm in all of God, I'm gonna go. And you go step out in faith and God begins to bless it. And what happens? You're caught up with more all and you're like, oh, I'm gonna go do this again. So I gave you a fourth point and it's the greatest theological phrase I could come up with this week. You ready? Repeat. The cycle just continues on. You get caught up in the all of God and you go work and God blesses and he creates more all and here's what you're gonna learn. You can't outgive God. You can't outpraise God. You can't outwork God. He's God all by himself. 
And in the end of the day, he gets all the glory. Can I get a witness from somebody? Amen to that. He's going to get all of the glory. Let me ask you a question. Are you in the all of God? When you watch the video and you hear testimonies, do you just stop and say, God is awesome. Some of the th- something that would be very, ben- uh, very beneficial to many of you in online campus, listen to me, is you need to slow down and look around. You can get so busy in serving the Lord. I want you to listen to me, D-Now students. You can be in worship. You can study the Bible. You can hang out with other believers. Church people, you listen to me. You can serve. You can come to church. You can go to small group. You can be on a serve team. Listen to me. Online campus, you can watch services, one sermon after another all day long. You can be around Jesus and not be with Jesus. You've got to make sure you've got some alone time with him. There's has to see alone time creates intimacy. God doesn't just want you to know about him. He wants you to spend time knowing him. Did you know the Bible kind of illustrates this like a marriage? Our salvation is illustrated like a marriage. The scripture calls Jesus the husband and the church the bride. And then the scripture says for us physical husbands, we're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And wives, you're to respect your husband the way the church respects the Lord. And uh, here's what I want you to understand. No marriage stays in a honeymoon phase forever. Can I get a witness from somebody? I had one guy spoke up in the last service. We had to send deacons to his house to do marriage counseling. No marriage lives in the honeymoon stage. Look at me though, look at me, look at me. You have to work at keeping the all in the marriage. You never want to let it go. Don't become apathetic in your marriage. It's when you become much more vulnerable to temptation. Don't lose the all of the marriage. Listen to me, men. You never should stop dating your wife. Whatever you were doing that got her to say, hmm, that's my man, keep it up. (laughs) Keep it. Hey, women, whatever you were doing to make that man look at you and go, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh, keep it up. As long as it's in Jesus, (laughs) not the world. You know what I mean? Listen to me. You got to work at keeping the all. There's a guy named uh, Sternberg, um, a psychologist. He, he says all love falls in three categories. I want you to see it on the screen. Intimacy, passion, and commitment. Intimacy is this feeling of closeness. Passion is a strong desire that leads to attraction. It's like, I, you know, you, you desire them. Commitment is the most mature form, and this when you decide, I'm sticking with this person no matter what. The strongest marriages are those who have all three, not two of the three. You always need to feel connected. You always need to have a strong passion for them. You always need to be committed. And it's the same in our relationship with God. You can come to church, you can do all the Christianese things and lose the all of God, the connectedness, the passion. 
the commitment. God wants you to have all three. He wants you to stay connected to him. He wants you to be passionate for him. He wants you to be intimate. And that's our desire over these 21 days of prayer and fasting is that you get along with God. You give something up and you sacrifice so that you stay connected and you allow strong passion for the Lord to burn in your life. And you make that long life commitment. That you're gonna serve the Lord with all you got. And when you're in the all of God, you're gonna go. And when you go, he's gonna move. And when he moves, he's gonna create more all. Amen? Here's our challenge today. We need, here's our challenge. We must never allow ourselves to lose the all of God. We can never allow ourselves just to become religious, just to get into the motions. We gotta keep this passion because when he moves and when he speaks, everything changes. So here's my challenge today. I'm gonna ask you to make yourself available to the Lord.